All right. We are in a series called Discover Your Destiny. You've got one, and then together, once you discover your destiny, we can change the world. So let's talk more. This is going to be our last message in this series, Discover Your Destiny, and um, because you have a gift to share with the world. There's talents in you. There's abilities that God put in you. When you were born, there's buried treasure. There's, there's gold in them, their pews. And you, if you, just the fact that you're alive is proof that God's not done with you yet, right? That there's an assignment, that you're here on assignment. I want to help you figure out what that assignment is because you're not an accident. I don't care what they told you. You might have been a surprise, but you were not an accident. God knew you were coming, and there's a plan. And you got to discover your destiny, and that's the thing. You don't decide your destiny. You discover it. Now, fate is what happens when we just let life happen. Okay, sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. You never know what God's going to do, which is not true. You do know what God's going to do. But fate is just when we kind of throw up our hands and just let life happen. But destiny is what happens when you discern the will and the voice of God and you take steps of faith in that direction. So fate is just what, when you let life happen. Destiny is when you make life happen. What do you mean make life happen? What do you mean when you, by God's grace, you live it by faith? Because you're either using your faith or you're not. You're either activating or letting the grace of God activate you or you're not. So that is the sweet spot. But it begins with desire. You got to want it. How many of you, you want to know the destiny that God has for your life? Come on. You believe he has one for you? Yes or no? Do you want to discover it, yes or no? Yes. All right, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll read verse 1, and then we'll see where we'll go from there. But it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren and sistren, I do not want you to be ignorant. But did you know that a lot of Christ followers are ignorant? about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, the gifts of the Spirit, I mean, that could be a nine-week sermon series. I don't have time to get into all that, but there are things, there are endowments of grace that the Holy Spirit releases through His body, through His people, that's you and me, and, uh, and when you are, but like earlier d- during worship when I came up and said, now, if you had the microphone, what do you believe God would say? And I bet you most of you, it was something along the lines of, it was something encouraging, like, in other words, it might not have been about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but it might have been something like God saying, I got you. You know, I got you back. I'm not going to, I'm with you. So it, it was something along those lines because that's what the Spirit of God was, the simple gift of prophecy. That's one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. But my point being is that there are things that God wants done in the earth, and the way he does those things is through his people, his Spirit in and through you. So he says, I don't want you to be ignorant or uninformed about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How many of the Holy Spirit, uh, somebody say, Holy Ghost, that kind of scares me. There's a ghost. No, not ghost, like woo, like Casper. It's like, uh, it's the third person of the Godhead who dwells on the inside of Christ's followers. And so you got God the Father, you got God the Son, and you got God the Mama. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit's a woman or anything like that. I'm just saying that that's where the maternal nature of God comes from. Oh, y'all quiet in this Presbyterian church today? (laughs) You're like, what? In other words, how many of you know what mamas do? 
What do they, they say? Oh, uh, the mama said, amen. Mama say, pick up your clothes. I ain't your maid. Eat your vegetables. Uh, where are you? It's past your curfew. Uh, that's what mamas do, right? And mamas freak out when they ride with you in the car, you know. <laughs> they say, slow down. You're going to get a ticket. What are they, they're trying to help you, right? And they'll say, you don't need to be hanging out with them. You don't need to be hanging out with Pookie and them. You're going to get in trouble. You need some new friends. <laughs> Isn't that right? That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's our helper. Our wives are like helpers. You know, the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of my wife sound a lot alike. <laughs> but how many of us fellows, we'll take all the help we can get, right? All the women say, <laughs> we need all the help we can get. That's true. So the Holy Spirit, he's our helper. And so he says, I don't want you to be unaware of the gifts that I have for you. Um, I, I didn't say this in the first service, but, but I had to disconnect the bank account from my wife and the kids because I can give the kids money, but she can't because she would give the kids all the money and I won't. Oh, you need some money, huh? Well, I need some trash taken out. Maybe we can work out a deal. Agent's like, oh, honey, yeah, baby, you how much do you need? I'm like, no, I'm changing that. So I got the password, and I'm the one who's, yeah. So that's a daddy, all right? But, but that's how the Holy Spirit is. He's like, what do you need, man? I'm here with you. I'm, I'm, let's do this. And he will. He'll help you. Let's go to, let's just, for time's sake, let's skip down to verse 18. He says, but now God has set the members. Everybody say, that's me. He set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Did you know you're here today because it pleases the Lord? And whether you're, you know, the bicep of the body of Christ or the hangnail, at least you're on the body of Christ, right? It don't matter. Just, just do your part. And it pleases the Lord. But a lot of times we allow insecurity and low self-esteem to keep us average, but I have an announcement for you today. It's part of my job as your pastor to remind you of this, and it's simply this. I don't believe that God made any average people. In fact, in the beginning, God created this, and he created that, and he said, it's good. He created the heavens. It's good. He created the sun and the moon. It's good. But when he created man, he didn't say it's good. He said, it's very good. Very good. I don't know what that means in the Hebrew, but it's very good. So when, when God made you, he didn't make you average. He made you very good. And then he, and when he made women, he even improved it, the model. So, I mean, y'all are, mm, are beyond words. From the earth, twice removed, as my friend used to say, you know, because God made us out of the dirt. You know, we're all a bunch of dirt bags. Then he took a rib out and, and, and crafted and, and made women. So that's why y'all so pretty. Y'all got that artistic touch. We're dirt bags and y'all are pieces of art, pieces of work. <laughs> but guys, that's all right. God loved us so much, he gave us women. Hallelujah. Amen. Anyway, point being is that there is no such thing as average people. Now, you might be living an average life, but that is not God's will for you. Can I just announce to you today that God's will for you is not mundane, mealy-mouth, milk-toast, average, mediocre. Mediocre is the worst kind of ochre there is. Food stamps. Hey, buddy, you got five bucks on borrow. That is not God's plan for your life. He came to give you life and life more abundantly. 
So that's what he wants you living, the zoe life. That means the God kind and the God quality of life. Now, don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. If you're on government assistance or government housing or food stamps, that's fine if it's temporary because just know that God's got a better plan for you. His plans are to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future to make you the lender and not the borrower. That's God's plan. That's the good stuff. So don't despise where you are. Just keep moving on up. All right, you have something to offer that no one else has to offer. You have something to offer that the world needs, that this church needs, that this city needs. And if you don't discover it and step into that destiny, then the world won't be as bright as it could have been. So you make the world a better place. Don't, don't fall into the trap of comparison. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the sin of comparison. Don't be wishing you were somebody else or like somebody else. No, because God formed and fashioned you just the way he needed you to be to fulfill your destiny. He matched you to this world. I used to wish I was 6'2", 6'4". You know, I wanted to be you know, tall so bad because I wanted to be an athlete and all this. And then one day I was on my way home from India on one of those 24 hour flights. And there was this <coughs> dude sitting next to me. He was six, four and miserable. He was all cramped up. And I was like, Hey, I got all this space over here. I was made for this. That's all right. So don't fall into the trap of comparison. Um, God put talent in you. He gave you the talents you need, the looks you need, the personality you need to finish your race with joy. Not just to finish it, but to finish your course with joy. And and that means enjoying your joy, as as the happy lady teaches us, right? You get to enjoy your joy. So in in other words, what you do, you're going to enjoy it. So if you're not enjoying it, you might not have found your sweet spot yet. But there is a sweet spot for you, I guarantee you. So quit despising what you are not and what you don't have and celebrate what you are and what you do have. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. Now you can buy, you know, a stripped down car or you can go get the deluxe model, right? With all the options. I just want you to know today that when God made you, he didn't make the stripped down model he made the deluxe model. You got all the bells and whistles. You are top of the line, amen. You are the creme de la creme, the best of the best. Top shelf. That's you. Come on, somebody. Say, I'm the best of the best. Say, I'm top shelf. Somebody say, I'm a deluxe model. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. So don't, don't stop worrying about what you don't have and be the best you that you can be because nobody else can be a better you than you. And nobody else can be a better me than me. And if, you, and if you start trying to be somebody else, who's going to be you? We need you in this world. The world needs you. God needs you. That's why he made you. Right? So, you are fully loaded and totally equipped. Somebody says, what y'all learned about in church today? They say, we got loaded. <laughs> and I say, what does that mean? What kind of church is that? Come and see. <laughs> Okay, so develop the leader that's in you. Develop the comedian that's in you. 
Develop the mom that's in you. Develop the dad that's in you. Develop the businessman that's in you. Develop the entrepreneur that's in you. Develop the artist that's in you. Develop the songwriter that's in you. Develop the tradesman, the electrician, the carpenter that's in you. Develop the teacher that's in you. Whatever that is that makes you, you. Build on that. Develop that. I'm not saying you're ready to go, but you might need some practice. You might need some experience, but you've got everything that you need that's already in you. So I call forth the ideas, the concepts, the insights that God's already planted in you. Somebody in here, you've got solutions to problems. You've got cures to diseases on the inside of you. You've got, you've got the, what needs to mend those things that are broken, those relationships that are broken. So I call forth those ideas, those inventions, those books, those songs, those movies, those businesses, those families, those scholars, those philosophers, those educators, those ministers, those missionaries, those administrators, those executive leaders, those CEOs. I call forth that which is in you in Jesus' name. It's in you. Before the foundations of the world, God put it in you. He equipped you and fashioned you in the image of God. You are God's highest form of creation. No wonder you look so good. So don't let anybody tell you anything different. Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to have to work hard to get through this passage quickly because personally, I've been hanging out here the last eight to nine months in this uh, scripture. And in fact, uh, I'm working on a book that extrapolates some of the principles from this passage. And uh, it'll come out probably in a couple of years. But, um, but nonetheless, I'm going to have to move quickly through this. There's a lot here. But Joshua chapter 1, let's start with verse 6 and go through verse 9 or 10. And it says that, uh, you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. He's talking to Joshua here. And then he says, here's how you're going to do it. If, how many, if you want what God says you can have, there's some things you've got to do. And he says, only be strong and very courageous. Now, I want to tell you what be strong means, but you've got to look up here. Be strong means you've got to seize it. You've got to grab it. That's what it means. You've got to seize it. I say, I'll take that. He says, be strong. Grab it. Go after it. And he goes, and be very courageous. Courage does the right thing. It's, courage doesn't mean you're not afraid. It just means you do it anyway. Right? Because it's right. Just be strong. Seize upon it and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which my servant Moses commanded you. And do not turn from it, the word of God. If God has spoken something to you and he has through this book, or maybe he's spoken something to you personally, he says don't turn from it. If it doesn't come to pass, don't go, oh, well, yeah, you know, I guess just God changed his mind. Or you never know what God's going to do. Or I just suppose, it's, you know, if one door closes, another one will open. Yeah, that's not in the Bible, by the way. If God doesn't lead you through open and closed doors, he leads you by the Holy Ghost. He might tell you to go through that door, but it's closed. Well, kick it open. He might say, go that way. Well, there ain't even a door over there. Well, let's make one. Somebody's got to be a door maker in the kingdom of God, right? So you're not led by open doors and closed doors. We're led by the Holy Spirit, the greater one that's on the inside of you. Amen? And the greater one doesn't help you do average things. He helps you do greater things. 
Yeah, greater things. Go look at your neighbor and say, greater things are coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now look at your other neighbor that you didn't like near as much and say, <laughs> and those greater things are coming through you. So don't turn from the word of God <clears throat> to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Everybody say wherever. So that means if there's a recession, you're going to prosper in the recession. If there's a coronavirus, you're going to prosper during the, the, the plague. Well, you know, it's just going around. That's right. It's going around me. In Jesus' name. Everything I put my hand to prospers. Which means if I touch something with a virus on it, that virus is going to die. Because I got life in me. And life is in you. Amen? Amen? Come on now. This is practical, helpful stuff. This isn't just churchy church. This isn't just religion. Right? Here's a thought. Uh, this might be part of my Easter series. We're, our, the name of our Easter series is going to be uh, Jesus is King. Come on, Kanye. All right. <laughs> so... But Jesus, the, the, Jerusalem is the epicenter of major religions, uh, Christianity, Islam, uh, Judaism. But how many, that, so if you want to be a religious leader, you got to be in Jerusalem. But I love Jesus was crucified outside the city. He didn't come to give us a religion. He came to get outside a religion and give us a relationship. Woo, man, that's good stuff. So this is practical Christianity. Let me keep reading here. And he says, don't turn from the word of God, but that you may prosper wherever you go. Now, how many know that if prosperity wasn't God's will for your life, he wouldn't have told you how to get it? This book of the law shall not depart out of whose mouth? That's right, out of your mouth, out of my mouth. Do you need to be saying what God has already said? Do you? All right, this is an interactive audience participation sermon now. Do you need to be saying what God has already said? Do you think that would have an impact on your life? Absolutely. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. What you say is headed your way. But you shall meditate in it day and night. Now, what you say is important. What about what you think about? A few years ago, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I mean, he's like a mama. He's the helper. He said, hey, you need to think about what you think about. I said, let me think about that. <laughs> you need to think about what you think about. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. <laughs> I wake up laughing sometimes. Anybody else? I think about, I think, I'm like Peter Pan. I think a happy thought all the time, almost all the time. I have moments, you know, but that's why God gave me my wife. She cheers me up. But I'm a happy guy most of the time because I'm thinking happy thoughts most of the time. I wake up laughing sometimes. <laughs> uh, I dreamed last night. <clears throat> I was dreaming about Easter in our three services at 8.45, 10, and 11.45. You want to write that down. But I was dreaming that we just decided to make it permanent. That was a good, that was a, then I woke up. <laughs> this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you will meditate, think about it, mutter it day and night. Why? That you may observe to do it. How many know it's not just enough to know God's word? You got to do, practice God's word, right? 
How many of you don't want a doctor that just knows the medical stuff? You want him to be able to practice it, do it, perform it, that you may observe to do all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Pop quiz. Who's going to make your way prosperous? You are. That's right. Then you will make your way. Then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Not just success. Good success. I mean, you can succeed at the wrong thing. You can climb the ladder of success and then realize, oh, snap, this is leaning against the wrong wall. But good success, that's when you succeed at the thing that God puts you on this planet to do, somebody. Woo, hallelujah. And if you'll just by faith trust him and step out and do it, he will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, I would do what God, God's plan for my life, but it just pays more to do this over here. How many of you know it always pays to obey God? He, payday might not come on Friday, but I'm telling you, it's coming in Jesus' name. All the faithful people said amen. Come on, somebody say, payday's coming. Payday's coming. Woo, hallelujah. Then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I'll take that. How about you? Anybody want some good success? Good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. I mean, fear will keep you in bondage and will keep you average. Fear will keep you from stepping into the plan and the destiny that God has for you. He that takes chances advances. I mean, oh, uh, uh, the turtle knows to move forward, he's got to stick his neck out. So you take some, take some faith steps. So he, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Dismayed means confused. Say, I'm not confused. Come on, say it again. Say, I'm not confused. Say, I am not unwise. I know the will of God. Now, is there anything that you can know greater than the will of God? Anything more valuable than knowing the will of God? I think it's the greatest thing that we can know. Oh, hey, y'all watching on Facebook Live. I'm sorry, I forgot to greet y'all earlier. We're so glad that you're watching with us. You're not watching by accident. Not at all. In fact, God's got good success for you too. I know you know that. That's why you're tuning in. But how many know that you can recover from a fall? Even if you've messed up. The righteous might fall seven times. How many times does he get up? Eight. Good math. You can be healthy. You can be whole. You can be productive. You can be confident. You can be happy. You can be joyful. So when you make a move, God makes a move. A lot of times we think we're waiting on a move of God, but I think God's waiting on a move of you. All right. Write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write this down. This is the tweetable tweet. You ready? When you think bigger, then God will act bigger. When you think bigger, God will act bigger. When you think bigger, God will act bigger. Roll away the stone. Now, here's your practical application for today. Jot this down. Roll away the stone. In John chapter 11, there's a story, and you know it. It's when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, right? So they came to him. They said, Jesus, your buddy Lazarus is sick. He says, I'll be there in a minute. 
And then they finally came to him and they said, never mind, he died. And it says Jesus waited three days for you. Then he went, by the time he got there, they had already had the funeral and buried the boy. And Jesus is standing outside of his grave. And Jesus says, he prayed and then he says, roll away the stone. And somebody standing nearby that was like, uh, hey, hey, Jesus, by now he stinketh. He'd been dead four days. I mean, come on. Should have came when we called you, Jesus. But Jesus said, if you'll do something, I'll do something. Roll away the stone. A lot of times we have dead dreams. We have dead goals. We have, you know, dead aspirations. And they can't come out and be resurrected because we haven't rolled the stone away. Jesus said, roll away the stone. I just can't get that promotion at work. Well, have you rolled away the stone? Do you show up on time? Do you clock out early? Are you stealing from your business? You're supposed to get off at 5 and you'd be clocking out at 4.47. Telling them, no, I stay till 5. Stealing. God can't bless a thief. <laughs> say, if you can't say amen, say, oh my. <laughs> God expects us to do what we can. Then he will do what we can't. Did you catch that? God expects us to do what we can, then he will do what we can't. In other words, you do what you can do, then God will do what he can do. Here's where a lot of people mess up. So, y'all, this is spring forward Sunday. So, y'all get y'all ready to spring forward? I'm about to tell you something that'll help you forever. Because this is where a lot of, quote-unquote, faith people really mess up. They just think, well, I'm just believing God. Well, that's great. What does that look like? I'm believing God. I'm just trusting the Lord. Hallelujah. That's great. What does that mean? It means you do your part. God does his part. If I had a quarter in my pocket and said, hey, here you go. Here's, here's your quarter. I don't know what kind of quarter buy you nowadays. I don't know. You used to could make a phone call, but now we got cell phones. I don't know. But if you turn that quarter over and it was blank on the other side, you would know. Oh, something ain't right about this. In fact, if you spend that quarter and get caught, you could get in trouble because that's a counterfeit. If it's really genuine, it's got two sides to it, right? That's how faith is. Faith is like a two-sided coin. There's the God side, and then there's the your side. God works with man. Years ago, I did a whole series on that phrase, God works with man. I don't have time to get into that today, but I just want to tell you this. It's called supernatural I mean, you do the natural part, God does the super part. But we want God to do the super part before we do the natural part. But that's not how it works. God works with man. You say, ah, God can do whatever he wants to do. All right, that is uh, a false teaching that's been propagated through religion. God cannot do whatever he wants to do. Well, okay, I guess if you look at it from, in one sense, he can do whatever he wants to do. So you know what he wanted to do? He wanted to limit himself to work through people. And his word, those who believe his word. I'll give you an example. How many know God wanted Goliath off the scene? So if he really wanted Goliath off the scene, why didn't he just take a lightning bolt and go, bam, done? That's not what he did. 
When the, the devil wants to do something in the earth, he has to find a person to work through. So he found Goliath. He found the biggest dude he could find. He's going to work through him. And God said, oh, yeah, okay, checkmate. I'm going to find me a man, too. In fact, let me see. Hey, there's a little half-grown man, teenage boy. He, he ain't even got no weapons. I'm going to just use him. Because how many of you and God are a majority? So David met Goliath on the battlefield. And what did David did something? He ran towards the giant. He took that sling and that stone and boom, he released it. But how many, when he did his part, he threw the stone. Then God got behind that rock. He goes, now, I'm going to get behind this and I'm going to make something happen. We don't know. David might have even been off target, you know, but God said, I'm going to make a curveball. Bam. <laughs> so you don't even have to be, just do your part, man. And God will get behind it and do his part. Supernatural. God works with man. So you're not waiting on a move of God. You're waiting. God's waiting on a move of man. So roll away your stone. Whatever it is. Roll it away. You can't lay up on the couch and watch Netflix and eat chocolate chip cookies and drink sweet iced tea and then think you're going to marry Miss America. You better get a haircut. Shave that nappy face. Take a shower because how many women like clean, good smelling men? Thank you, ladies. <laughs> and go to the gym. So you got to do your part, man. Let me, let's, this is in my nose, but let me just help you. <laughs> Before God could give Adam a wife, he had two things that every man needs before he deserves a wife. Number one, a relationship with God. Number two, a job. You're welcome. <laughs> Roll away the stone is what I'm trying to say, y'all. And the obstacle might look intimidating, but if God didn't think you could handle it, he wouldn't have put it in front of you. He wouldn't have let it happen. So you are capable. Get out of your safe zone. Get out of your comfort zone and get in the faith zone. Roll away the stone. Do your part, and God will do his part, right? Genesis 19.22 is a really interesting uh, phrase in scripture remember the story where god he's about to rain down atomic fire on sodom and gomorrah but before he does he's like i got one of my my boys in sodom and gomorrah. i need to get him out of there and his family and his name is uh, his name was lot so it says in genesis 19 22 god says this he says hurry lot escape there for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. He said, I want you to go get out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Go to this place called Zoar. And, and he said, that, that, hurry up, man. You're holding up what I want to do because you hadn't gotten to the right place yet. Do you see that? So how many of you, you're wanting, you know God wants to do something, but it's not happening. But maybe you're not waiting on God. Maybe he's waiting on you to hurry up and get where you're supposed to be. So he can do what he wants to do in your life. Yeah, I just can't get promoted during this layoff. Well, I just can't prosper during this, this recession. Yeah, you can. Wherever you go, you'll prosper. You got to roll away the stone. You got to do your part. There is a there connected to your blessing. In other words, there's a geographic place connected to the grace that God has available for you. So if you're in a place and there is no grace, you might not be in the right place. Okay, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 17. And we'll look at this in one more verse. 1 Kings 17, 
verses 1 through 4, and it says, Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, now Ahab was a wicked king. He says, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except by my word. Not God's word, by my word. Did you know that you're more powerful than you realize you are? Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward. Sometimes you got to get, get to where you're supposed to be. Like I said earlier, you got to get out of the nightclubs and get in the light club. There's a, there's a blessing waiting for you, but you got to get in the right place and the right space for it. I was in India living there, and the Lord said, I need you in Mobile. And I said, no, thank you. And I said, no, thank you for over a year. And I got to the point to where the grace for the race I was running was running thin. And I knew if I wanted to find my grace, I had to get in my place. And my place for years was in India, but now God was moving my place to Mobile. He said, I still want you to do stuff over there, but I want you to do it from here. I didn't know how to do that, but there's a grace for it. There's a grace for it. And so it wasn't until we got in our place that the grace was refreshed and renewed in our life. So it goes on to say, then the word of the Lord said, get away from here, verse 3, and turn eastward. Hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook. I have commanded the ravens to feed you. What's the next word? There. Your provision is in a place called there. You got to get there. You got to get there. Now, I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that you've got to change cities or No, 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 no. So I'll give you an example. My wife and I, we just have it in our heart that we're supposed to sell our home and move. To, to, I mean, we're still moving, staying in Mobile, but I'm not like move away, but just we're moving, you know, a half mile away maybe. And so, but we just had the stirring for a couple of years now. And so we're finally acting on it. So we're packing our house. Now, we haven't sold it yet. We're going to at a handsome profit. But we're packing. And, and so, why? It's just, it just seems good to us that there's a new place for us, a new grace for us. And so, we're going to, just last night, we, we have this really cool, like, I call it it's the atrium. It's like a sunroom kind of thing. Anyway, we were in there uh, working out, Miss Adrian and I. She had this routine she was putting me through, you know, and we were doing lunges and push-ups and sumo squats and planks and man she's wearing me out anyway we were working out and when we got done we're, we're sweaty and everything and we just looked around and we said man this is a cool house we've been in this house for over 15 years we've raised our kids in this house this has been we got so many great memories in this house and we just started talking to the house house you've been a good house you still are a good house thank you house You've been so good to us. You've kept us warm in the winter. You've kept us cool in the summer. You kept us dry in the mobile monsoons. You've been a good, good house. We bless you, house. House, you're about to make me a lot of money. Thank you, house. And you're going to be a good house for somebody else. But God's got another house for us. But we thank you. You're a good, good house. We just blessed our house. We just started talking to it. I mean, you can, stuff listens to you, right? You might not know that, but it does. Jesus talked to trees. They listen. He talked to fish, told them to get in the net. You can talk to stuff too, and it'll listen to you. And he said, there's a place called there, and that's where your provision is. 
And you might, it might not make sense in your head, but not in your heart, you know what your next step is. You've got to take that step by faith. I'll close with this story. There was a little five-year-old boy, and uh, he loved the piano, so whenever he got a chance, he'd sit down, and he learned how to play chopsticks. Remember that song? That's going to stuck in your head all day. Maybe not. But so he was, that's what he would play. So his dad knew he loved music, so he took him to a concert by a great pianist. And as they were walking into the auditorium, they walked by the front of the stage, headed to their seats. And the little boy, he looked behind the curtain, and there it was, this massive grand piano, and he just couldn't help himself. He was just drawn to it. And his dad didn't, he thought his little son was behind him, so when he got to the chair, he's like, oh my God, where's my son? And about that time, the curtain opened, and there's this little boy playing chopsticks on the grand piano. And everybody was expecting to see the, the grand maestro, but instead they saw this little boy, his little head barely sticking up, and he was playing chopsticks. Everybody just kind of chuckled, you know. And the, as the dad was getting out of the seat to go up there and grab his son, the master musician came out, and he just put his hands around the little boy. As he was playing chopsticks, he started accompanying him, and then the orchestra kicked in, the band kicked in, and all of a sudden, what was just a little simple rendition of chopsticks turned into a beautiful orchestrated masterpiece because the master put his hands where the little boy's hands were. That's what it means when it says that everything you put your hand to will prosper. You might feel like all you can do is play chopsticks. Pastor, I ain't got no gifts and talents. All I can do is play chopsticks. Well, listen, when Jesus, he puts, when the master's touch, when he begins to touch what you are touching, I'm telling you, it's like when God got behind David's rock and he killed the giant, it'll be like the master making chopsticks sound like a number one hit. That's what he can do. That's what he wants to do in your life, for your life. So don't despise what you are and what you have. It's enough. You are enough. Oh, I came here today to tell somebody that you are enough because the God that you serve is more than enough. Oh, and he loves you and he's got a great plan for you and there ain't nothing you can do about it. You can't change it. So the title of the message today is The Master's Touch. Just let the master, let him touch others through you. Let him do through you. And what those, you might think it's just, I, it's all I do, I just host people. I just have the gifts of hospitality. I just have people in my home or I cook meals. Let the master put his hand on what your hand is doing. And it will be transformed into a number one hit. One more verse, Psalm 84 and verse 11. Psalm 84, 11. For the Lord, God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Oh, he's got some good things for you. And he doesn't want to withhold any of them from you. He's not trying to take something from you. He's trying to get something to you. So as you live a life of excellence and integrity, he will cause you to be at the right place, at the right time, connected to the right people, protected from the wrong people. You're just going to stumble into the blessings of God. You've received that today. Delight yourself in the Lord. What will he do? He will give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that a great promise? Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Come on, say it with me. I delight myself in the Lord. And he gives me 
the desires of my heart. I'm going to play chopsticks. Come on, say it. I'm going to play chopsticks, but the master's going to get involved. Oh, he's going to make me sound good. Come on, say this with me. Say, I got a number one hit coming, y'all. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And everything you put your hand to prospers. He that advances takes a few chances. But when you're walking by faith, it's not a chance, really, is it? It's a sure thing. It's a sure thing. Because if with God with you, you can't fail. You can't lose with the stuff we use. Amen? Did you get encouraged today? You ready to discover your destiny? Because you got one. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? Father, in Jesus' name, we come before your throne of grace. Would you just ask the Holy Spirit this question? The Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you. Ask him this question. What are you speaking to me today, Holy Spirit, through this message? Would you just ask him that? What would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? Isn't that a great question? Now listen for his answer. He gives assignments. He gives steps of faith to be taken. What would you have me to do? For some of you, maybe he's saying you need to cut off that toxic relationship. Others, he may be saying, hey, I want you to become a giver. Honor me, serve me, worship me with your stuff, with your resources. Others of you, it might be to, to return to your relationship with God. It could be any number of things. What does he want you to do? If you're here today and maybe you're one of those people who say, I need to reconnect to God. I need to get connected. I need to experience Jesus and get connected. I'm going to pray the prayer of salvation today. And if you say, Pastor Kevin, man, I, I, please include me in that prayer. I need to get right with God. So if you're here today and you say, that's me. I'm not going to make you stand up or walk to the front or anything like that. But if you say, that's me, Pastor, include me in that prayer. Would you slip your hand up real quick? Say, I need to reconnect to God. Awesome. One, two. 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. God bless you. Baker's dozen, 13. That's great. Let's all pray it together, everybody. Let's say this together. If you're online, just pray this with us right now. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I'm going to walk in my destiny. I know there's a plan for my life. And so I'm asking, forgive me of my sins. I believe Jesus died in my place. And they buried him. But on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Therefore, you raised me from the dead. And I say, Jesus, you are my Lord. From this day forward, I'm walking in your plan. Help me, Holy Spirit. Give me courage to live this new life. In Jesus' name. Amen. There's a party going on in heaven right now. 13 people just gave their heart to Jesus, plus those watching online. Yeah. That's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. We'll keep bringing people, and we'll keep leading them to Jesus.